Hello, everyone. I'm Alan Potcotter, and you're listening to Call Talks for January 24th, 2024. Today's topic is getting the most out of AI and automation for quality assurance and contact centers. If you're listening live, we invite you to be part of the show and ask questions. Here's how you do it. You can email me at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com. I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at benchmarkportal.com any time of the day. And with that, I would like to introduce the host of the show, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you, Alan, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. You know, AI is being discussed everywhere in the contact center space, and we've been leading the charge in getting through the hype and helping call center managers with useful information on how to approach, how to approach AI for their centers. Uh, one area of great interest we found is leveraging AI in the quality assurance area to improve customer satisfaction, efficiency, effectiveness, time to proficiency, and uh, sales success in the contact center. So it's important to find the right blend of people, processes, and automation uh, in the QA function to achieve improved outcomes. And we've brought in an expert on this rather complex topic for you, Chad Tatton. Welcome to the show, Chad. Thank you. Happy to be here. Okay, great. Well, for those who don't know him, Chad Tatton is a 24-year contact center veteran, owning and operating multiple contact centers. Uh, so he's had a lot of on-the-ground management experience in the contact center space. And in uh, 2012, he co-founded Call Criteria, a quality assurance as a service company, where he currently serves as COO. Uh, Chad is really focused on using a blend of advanced technologies, people, and processes uh, to attain the optimal quality for contact center operations. So starting with human-based QA, he's widened his work to include automation, speech analytics, and artificial intelligence, uh, helping companies of all sorts uh, to find the right blend of AI and people-based solutions as part of their quality control processes. So Chad really brings us a wealth of experience and insights and we're really delighted to have him here with us today. So, Chad, this is a huge, juicy topic, and it might be helpful for our listeners uh, if you could set a baseline about where many organizations are starting from their journey to automation and AI. I'm sure many of our listeners will see themselves in the description you give. Yeah, I think there's there's people all over the gamut. So, yeah, I think the start maybe – Quality control in the call center from the beginning has revolved around finding out what happens on the calls so that you can make improvements and adjust the performance and the customer experience that are happening on your phone calls. And the methods that have been used to gather this information in, in the call centers has evolved. You know, it's evolved over time. You know, from the beginning, when it all started, you know, certainly back when call criteria began, it was all about just human QA, right? You listen to phone calls with with ears and fill out custom scorecards and then yep. drive that information into the management teams however however you need to. And then over time, you know, there was an introduction of voice analytics. And voice analytics, while it's not AI, is you know, is changed where where voice analytics is, is something where you just transcribe calls into text and then you use words and phrases that were within the transcript to 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 identify what's happened on the call. 
But, you know, the, the third way that, that is done, and, and voice analytics has been around for 10, 12 years. It's not a new thing to folks. But, the, you know, the last one is really what this topic is. And, and more recently, over the last several years, more than, more than ever in the last 12 years, technology has been introduced that just makes it far more capable to use technology than simple voice analytics, where you're looking at a transcription. Using generative AI or large language models, such as ChatGPT through OpenAI or Entropics Quad or or Llama from Meta, or Gemini, Google, there's, you know, there's, a, there's many others that are, they're coming out all the time. You know, while they're mm -hmm. still quite expensive, they provide the ability for a far more comprehensive analysis of, of what's going on in the calls, and it just opens up this whole new world of capabilities for call centers. So, you know, to answer your question, the QFA industry is just evolving quickly for companies to, as fast as possible, leverage these new capabilities with the primary goal of really replacing these more expensive human type of interactions that they've always had to have are human reviews, including voice analytics, which, is, which, which requires a lot of human engagement, too. So there's companies that are popping up all the time that are came, claiming to provide, you know, to provide this ability in a range of solutions, and call centers, uh, centers, are, uh, centers are just scrambling, you know, to get educated about these rapid, you know, advancing technologies, you know, to sort out what's real, what's not, deploy the latest and the greatest solutions in an environment that's just really complex and varying with wildly varying points of view. So, you know, unfortunately, many are jumping in without the proper understanding and the full picture of what it requires to make it work, and then they're struggling to realize the results that they're seeking. So, you know, I think that's kind of where we're at in relation to the technology piece in QC. No, that's a very good uh, framework there, and, uh, you know, it gives a good reason why we need people like you uh, and your company to be able to uh, sort things out and Make sure that there's uh, some there's depth, right? Depth to the analysis that goes on. Well, one of the things you've mentioned to us too is the challenges with quote out of the box unquote automation and AI implementations. Uh, can you elaborate on that and what you are seeing? I think our listeners would really like to hear that. Yeah, sure. You know, so as mentioned prior, um, you know, QC at its core is just about learning what happened on the phone calls. And there's really too many, there's really two primary ways. There's lots of subcategories, but there's two primary ways that this is being done through technology, and that's voice analytics and AI. While both are uh, certainly capable of providing really accurate insights, it, it's almost completely misunderstood what needs to go in to, to, to making it as accurate as it needs to be. And the level of knowledge and human resources that need to go into it to get it to the point where, where it's producing accurate enough results to, to make an impact on your, on your business. You, know, you can't just turn on a solution of any type and have it produce an acceptable level of accuracy right out of, right out of the box. You have to go through the process of, of, of trial and error. You, know, you have to learn what's working. And then you use that information and you expand the syntax in the case of voice analytics so that it has a, a, a larger search criteria. Or in the case of, ML, of LLM scoring or generative AI, you need to optimize the prompts that you're using to generate the results or, or fine-tune the model that, that, is, that is being used with, with additional content that, that you can aim at training the model to have a, a greater understanding of the topic so that it's more accurate. So we see companies that jump into a solution without this, without this understanding. You know, it's an out-of-the-box solution that they expect they can just turn on. They don't have the understanding. And the, and the result is that they end up with a great deal of positive, or false positives and false negatives. And in many cases, it makes it almost impossible for them to drive the behavior or improve their customer outcomes at all. You know, they need to have processes aimed at measuring the results that are coming out of whatever the analytics are 
calibrating them, verifying the results so that you can have accurate findings so that you have what you need to do those optimizations, make the changes that you need so that eventually they'll get where, where it needs to be, and also so that it has some value along the path, right? So you're not just spending money for months and months and months and months, but it's just not quite good enough to get, to get anywhere. So that's happening a lot. And, you know, and over time, if you do these things and you do them right, you, know, you can get to an accept, acceptable level of accuracy, but you just can't get there without investing into all of these things. So, you know, so back to your question, I mean, the biggest challenge that companies have is that they're not getting the results that they expect because they don't have the knowledge, nor do they have all the resources that they need to get the, the, the program to a point where, where they thought it was right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so important, so important. And one of the things that uh, we're uh, doing as well is uh, offering, giving an offering for people who want to uh, figure out what their maturity level is. Okay, that in a, in a technological sense, obviously, not in a personal sense, uh, in terms of being able to confront um, AI and so that how they can, in fact, make sure that when they get into something, they do have a long view of it and they don't get into the kind of problem that you're talking about where they have a uh, feeling that, you know, just pull something out of the box, uh, plug it in, and it's going to work. So I think that's a really important uh, message that you were just delivering there. So, And, Chad, maybe I could press down on the impact of unverified results from automation and AI. Um, if you could just talk about what the, these unverified results are to, for definitional purposes, and are unverified results sometimes okay? Again, I think our listeners would be interested to hear from you on this. Yeah, you know, I, I think the impact from inaccurate or, or unverified results is, is fairly self-explanatory. You know, on the agent side, you need buy-in from your from your agents about the assessments that are being made on their calls. You know, if, yeah. if, if you're going to hold them accountable for errors that are not really errors, you're going to lose credibility, and it happens fast. And then they're going to marginalize all of your efforts to correct action moving forward. And it can be catastrophic to a QC program. And we've seen it over and over again. And so, you know, if you're a third-party call center and you have reporting responsibilities to your client, you know, the same logic applies, but it can often have, like, far greater, you know, significant consequences. So, so that all being said, you know, inaccurate or unverified results are, are results where you're trying to find out if something happened on the phone call and mm-hmm. the, the technology is saying this didn't happen. But in reality, it did because it's just in, it's just not developed enough. It's not optimized to get it right, or it's telling you that something did did happen that didn't. So that's what unverified results are. But that being said, it's you know un, unverified or inaccurate results. But that being said, that that doesn't mean that there's not an acceptable level of inaccurate results. They're kind of necessary to get to where you need to be. But the great thing about automation is automation can often provide you a vehicle, unlike before, that allows you to get a really broad coverage of the call volume, right? So you can, in a lot of cases, you can assess 100% of the call volume. And if you're scoring a large number of those calls and you're producing, you know, overall metrics that, that aim at driving, driving change, sometimes it's okay if 25% of your, of your QA answers that you're getting are, are wrong. You know, all of the calls are influenced the same way. So when you're comparing one agent to another or one supervisor team to another campaign or, or any other grouping, for that matter, the stats rank amongst the, the folks that are in that same category that are doing the same calls is, is, is oftentimes 100% accurate 
uh, or not 100% accurate, but it's just as accurate as it would be if you were scoring all of the calls 100%, right? So, so it, it certainly places value. So if you're not looking at individual calls to drive your processes, you can get away without going through all of the optimization and, high, and, and, and all the investment that goes into extreme high levels of accuracy, uh, in which case even pure automation and sometimes even out-of-the-box solutions, you know, back to that question, might be good enough. It's just a question of, of what you're using the information for. Right. Okay. Really, uh, again, just as a, a background issue, the whole thing about AI and automation in this is that it brings in the possibility to have this huge amount of data that comes from listening to all these calls and then, you know, having the AI find patterns that are in some cases kind of obvious, but in some cases are not obvious, but can be really useful. And that's where a lot of managers, I think, have their eyes open to the power of uh, what AI can offer here. And sometimes those things are also found through the human side of doing things. So don't, don't underestimate that as well. I mean, the loop that can go from uh, human uh, human QA uh, back to management in terms of uh, items that can be good for training and for coaching and things like that. Uh, but certainly with the AI, with the huge amount of data that goes into that, finding those patterns and then making them useful in terms of training and in terms of uh, improving both the AI system itself and the agents who are interacting with it very exciting stuff. Very exciting stuff. So, uh, did you want to? I have another question for you here, but did you want to elaborate on that any further, Chad? No, and I think that's. I think that you, you you nailed it on the on the on the head. It's you know it, it it certainly is something that that varies a lot. There's a lot of variables that come into how accurate it can be and and and, and what kinds of results that that you're getting. And so, you know, there's okay. there's a lot of other that, that we'll get into here that we'll that I think we'll we'll expand into that a little bit further. Bingo. Okay. So for those organizations that are looking for the most accurate outputs from their automation and their AI, uh, what are some of the things that our audience should think about to achieve higher accuracy? Yeah, that's a good question. It's it's broad, right? There's a lot of things, and I, I think that I can break it down into. Um, into specific things that don't – it's not just speaking to accuracy, but, but more importantly, just overall success in deploying technology as part of your, of your QA program as a whole, right? So the first thing, and a really important thing, is your transcription accuracy, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're using technology, whether it's voice analytics or it's generative AI, LLM scoring of some sort, at the end of the day, it's analyzing the transcript, and then it's coming with results based on the transcript. So if your transcript is not accurate of your call recording – you're kind of dead before you get started. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it needs to be at least at an acceptable level. So when you're considering that starting point, it's important to have good quality audio. So that, that is either good, call, good quality recordings because they're going to be put, pushed into some sort of a process after the calls are done, or if you're using some sort of live, live QA um, uh, assessments, you need to have really good, clean audio so that the results can, can, can be accurate. You also need to pick a correct transcription partner. There's a lot of them out there, right? You, you know, folks on this call may have heard of a bunch of them. There's some really good ones. There's some that aren't so good. There's some that are really accurate, but they have problems with speed. There's some that are really fast, but they're not that accurate. There's some that have limited capacity. They do a great job, but they just can only do so much, right? And it's beyond, you know, you're beyond what they can even do. So 
it's important that you have the right transcription partner in general. And then also it's important, it's important you have dual channel. It's not necessary. You can get away without having dual channel audio, but it's in, it, it helps the whole process because you can easily tell who's talking. It doesn't really make sense to assess how your customer is doing on the phone call, right? So if you can break those out, it makes it a lot better. So, so transcription is key. The second thing I think that I would say is that you need to have the, the right technology partner who lives in the world of, of call assessment, right? Because you need to have someone that knows what you don't know. It's really complicated, and it changes every single day. I mean, we get updates every day on, wow, the thing that we're doing today is different tomorrow. We can do this where we couldn't do that. So it's important to have someone that, that knows what you don't know, I think, and that can really run, run ahead of you in that, in that area. You need to have someone that can provide all the different types of scoring because there's, you know, there's multiple things. We've talked about voice analytics and AI and all the subcategories. So it's important that you're working with some sort of a partner or a platform that has all the different types of scoring and not just one. You don't want a software provider who will, you know, just hand you the keys and say, figure it out. They may have limited access to the best stuff that's available and, or they're using just a, a, single, a single LLM or, or, or some other some other limit that causes you problems. So, so it's important that you have the right, the right partner that can really give you the education and give you access to all the things that's there. Um, the other thing is that's important is, is, is choosing the correct method of scoring. Yep. Okay, hello, are you still there? Let's see, Alan, <clears throat> are we still there? Okay. All right. So uh, we're going to just continue on here, and uh, we're going to sort of think about some of the items that uh, that Chad was talking about, uh, because at the end of the day, he was talking about a lot of the challenges that contact center managers face every day, and uh, contact the the challenges also that the contact centers uh, have to face with regard specifically to AI automation and um, what we're doing here with uh, quality assurance. One of the things that I think is really important to know is how those challenges can be overcome, how it is that you as contact center managers can actually face those challenges and figure out the best way to do whatever is necessary for your center to get the best result possible. So we do have uh, situations where the uh, way to learn about what your QA is like at the beginning is to do human QA, sometimes outsourced. So have people listen to that and take in that information. Get yourself a good base of information of um, what QA can be done to help out. Also, what you can do with that information to help out in terms of uh, the training you give to your agents as well as the coaching you give to your agents. And one of the things that we have seen is that if your agents are able to be coached, trained and coached with the assistance of video learning, that that can help out a lot. And why is that? Because the video learning is third party, uh, and it's also engaging, and it helps to bring across the point that the trainer or the coach is trying to bring across in a more 
entertaining and a more forceful way. So those are things that can help out with QA. Why? Because you're looking for a change of behavior with your QA function. You want the uh, agents to be able to uh, actually come out of a session and act differently, act better, do a, more su a superior service for the customer. And so these are, this is one of the things that we found is that uh, by having uh, video training that complements the verbal training and the verbal coaching can really help out a lot. So let's see, Alan, have we been able to uh, get uh, Chad back? If not, we might just uh, wrap up the show at this point. And there's been a lot of really good information there that Chad gave to us. We appreciate his, his coming on the show. Uh, we apologize to our listeners uh, for the fact that we had this technical glitch. And uh, we look forward to having you on a future version. Uh, okay, maybe he is coming on right now, according to Alan. So we yes, will, I am uh, here. There you are. Okay, good. All right. Well, I was just talking about the uh, the cha challenges uh, you were talking about. What are the best ways to overcome those challenges? And I talked about a number of things in your absence, but uh, let's hear from you about what you have to say about how to overcome those challenges. And then I think we'll probably be ready to uh, to wrap up the show. Sure. So, yeah, I'm not sure where I cut off, unfortunately. So, um, I will, uh, yeah, I think I, I can just, I'll assume I think I know about where it is. But if you're talking about, you know, your, your question is, is what, what, uh, what have we been able to do or what kind of things can we do to overcome those challenges that I was talking about, correct? So, exactly. Well, because, Chad, those, those challenges are real challenges. They're, they're well stated on your part. And so the question that I'm sure members of our audience would have is, okay, well, how did Chad – or how do other people uh, confront those challenges, overcome them, and actually have the kinds of results that we're all looking for when we look to the QA function? Sure. So mostly it boils down to just becoming educated. It's probably the part that you didn't hear about the desired outcomes that you're looking to do, uh, that you're looking to get. So, you know, what a company can do is if they edu educate themselves or if we're helping them educate themselves, they can identify what the root cause of the challenge is that, the, that they're having, right? Because that's the key. You know, the key is fixing what isn't working instead of trying to fix things that aren't working. So oftentimes the challenge could be, um, could be because the transcription is bad. Other times it's that you're using voice analytics, but it's just too complex of a subject matter, or you're using the wrong large language model. It needs fine-tuned. So the, a big part of it is making sure that you, that you understand all of the different things that you're using, and then you've measured – you know, the key is to measure the, the success so you can address, address them. So those things are primarily in the area of technology. But the, the biggest thing that we've been able to help folks overcome, at least, and I think that it's where folks see the most success, is that, is that human intervention, you know, in the process. And as we've mm -hmm. discussed, you need to understand what's working, what's not, so that you can optimize. And you can change the things that need to be changed to, to get it right. So if you don't have those things in place, you're really going to struggle to – you know, to get to where you need to be. And so we've been able to do a ton of validation on voice analytics and large language models for our clients. And then there's systems and processes internally that make that a lot more manageable. And then lastly is just the human resources. Sometimes mm -hmm. if you have a lot of volume, you need a lot of human resources just to validate the results on thousands and thousands of calls. And so, you know, that's another area where, where, where you can seek help to, to get that done. 
So there's certainly a, a lot of other things um, uh, along the path to creating a program that works using AI or voice analytics or any of those things. But, you know, if you're doing all the things that we, that we mentioned, you're paying attention to the right things and you identify the root cause of where your struggles are, you know, you're going to stand, you, know, you can stand to benefit a lot from, from the technology that is introducing itself to the call centers and, and, and its rapidly advancing capabilities for sure. Okay. Brison, uh, wow. Uh, these are great insights uh, that our listeners can think about and apply. Uh, we apologize to them for the uh, temporary glitch that we had on the technical side. But I want to thank you, Chad, and our listeners for a, uh, a great session. Is, are there any final words that you'd like to add, Chad, before we turn things over to Alan to wrap things up? No, no, I, I think that this, uh, I think we've done a pretty good job of, uh, of covering the topic. Yep, absolutely. Okay, well, uh, thanks again, Chad. And uh, Alan, over to you. Thanks again to Chad and to Bruce for your insightful discussion on today's show. Be sure to join us next month for another great show or look at our huge selection of archive shows on Hot Topics at BenchmarkPortal.com, where you'll find over 15 seasons of this show. From all of us at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Alan Pockrider signing out. Have a great day.